0: This is News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. We're into the second hour of Sex Talk now. Hopefully by now you've put the children to bed um, because we were talking about a lot of sensitive subjects in the first hour of the program. But um, this hour we're going to be talking about Facebook infidelity. Uh, and uh, are you at risk for that? And also, what even a small amount of weight gain will do to increase your risk of chronic disease? Also, the 10 most common questions that I get about sex, no matter where I go. So I'm going to answer them all for you tonight, once and for all. No, that's not true. But if you have any questions, give me a call, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 On your cell, don't be shy. You can change your name, just like this fellow did. I'm going to start out with an email um, from this fellow. Just know that even when you email me, even if you haven't changed your name, I will. (laughs) So if you've sent me a fake name, (laughs) I hope I don't actually guess your real name. What are the chances of that, huh? That would probably happen to me, right?
1: (laughs) One of my favorite things is when people call and they say, oh, I need a fake name. I'm like, let's come up with one together.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I tend to use the same fake names over and over again because, of course, in my blog, Fifty Shades of Pink, I often tell tell uh, people stories and I'm like, I've used Lisa and Jennifer like a thousand times anyway. <laughs> so um, here's, we're going to start out this hour with this email and I love your emails. You can email me sexdoc at com whenever you like. Hi, Maureen. I am a 57-year-old man that has not had a date since my marriage broke up several years ago. I'm very fit, healthy, have a reasonable job and a condo that I've paid off. I have a good sense of humor, above average intelligence, and have always treated women with respect. All the statements in this email are 100% factual except for my name, says this gentleman. The trouble is, I'm also 5'6 and bald, and women seldom give me a second glance. Being an introvert in personality, I prefer to work out, go for a walk, read a book, or watch a video, then go out to group events. Obviously, this makes it difficult to meet people. I don't like the idea of online dating, and I've read that people are quickly judged there by appearance, which would put me at a significant disadvantage. What would you suggest? What do you think the idea of the idea of a professional matchmaker? And if so, is there anyone you would recommend? Well, first of all, I want to get to this. Like, How many beautiful people are there in the world? Not many. (laughs) Beauty is only skin deep, okay? And so I wouldn't worry about that. And it's actually the person that you are. And so these issues that you're talking about, these are inner issues. This is inside of you. This is self-esteem, okay? Uh, you've got a lot going for you that a lot of women would like. You, you tick a lot of boxes for a lot of women. You're fit, you're healthy, you have a reasonable job, you've paid your condo off. I mean, that's incredible in and of itself. So you're good with finances. You know, maybe there's, I'm sure there are women out there who want a stable guy. And so, you know what? Sexual attraction is involuntary. So you, you're you judging yourself, You and you're actually... Um, <laughs> you're actually judging yourself honestly in the middle of this uh of my reading this i just got um a, an email so i keep that up from somebody else saying my mom could date this guy <laughs> okay so you know what there's somebody out there that wants to fix you up so don't discount yourself before you've even gotten out of the gates number 1 okay there's a lot of women that are not 56 that they're 55 54 five, five, 53 five, and it doesn't matter so The other thing is, if you're an introvert all the time, you know, usually introverts, well, sometimes introverts can be sociable and go out and be energetic and then just need to be rejuvenated or, um, you know, re-energized by reading a book or, or being alone. Also, you don't like the idea of online dating. Well, that can be uncomfortable for people, but you know what? It's the way of the world. When in Rome, do as the Romans. Just try it. If it works out poorly, then don't do it, if, it, if for some reason. And you know what? You've read that people are quickly judged there by appearance. Not necessarily. I mean, that's, and so what? You know, you're, you're judging what you look like, but somebody else might find you quite attractive. Um, be honest on there. And, you know, people really appreciate that. Also, um, let's see, you would say, oh, about the professional matchmaker. I actually think that is a wonderful idea. And there are a number of professional matchmakers here in Vancouver. Um, One of my favorite has left the country, but uh, there's, there's It's Just Lunch, a Vancouver matchmaker. There's Matchmaker for Hire. There's Divine Intervention. So I definitely would suggest maybe that might be your first option is to... Uh, try a matchmaker and then perhaps go online or, you know what, anything in life, I like to make a campaign out of it. So try everything. Shake up your routine. Maybe go to a group event. You're a little uncomfortable with that. Well, maybe you'll meet somebody there who's uncomfortable with it also. Uh, You know, uh, try the matchmaker and do the online dating. And that is my advice for you. So I, you're, you're giving up before you're trying Confidence is sexy, so work on that as well. And uh, And I bet you'll be on the dating scene before you know it. I'm Maureen McGrath, and you are listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Thanks for being here with me this evening, everybody. We're going to be talking about all of your sex questions, what you're curious about, and uh, also why gaining weight isn't... Uh, A great idea, and how that's going to impact your not only your relationship, but your risk of chronic disease over time, and then that will impact your relationship. But first and foremost, I was reminded of this particular subject because I connected with a a former boyfriend on Facebook today, (laughs) which is, uh, I don't know if that's the first (laughs) or not, I have to be honest, but he had one question for me. Do you know what the question might have been, Matt? Any guess? no, nothing huh anyway i I figured I figured out what it was going to be, but anyways like I've got one question: I'm dying of curiosity. How did you get into this sex thing? <laughs> anyway, I think I was thirteen or fourteen when i was um when we went out for three and a half weeks uh to two Catholic school kids. <laughs> Getting together—you can imagine how exciting that was. <laughs> anyway, uh, we had a great conversation, and uh, but it reminded me, and I said to him, "You know what? I was going to talk about Facebook infidelity, in fact, on the program tonight, but I decided that I've been talking about infidelity way too much, so I thought I wouldn't. But I, then I thought, no, I will. It's a, it's a, it's an interesting subject, and it's very common. There are so many reasons that spouses commit Facebook affairs." And uh, you know, is do we blame the internet? Do you think we should blame the internet, Matt? Or
1: no, it just it definitely makes it easier. It sure does. I, I remember what I remember relation my relationship changing when all of a sudden there's all these social media sites and mm-hmm. and like I said earlier, I was with somebody that I didn't I didn't think that she was doing anything but the fact that she was just always on her phone it drove me nuts Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. absolutely and um, that's going to be we're going to be talking a little bit later about relationship overload and and all these devices have something to do with it not the fun devices what were you going to say sorry you forget? Oh, I just totally. <laughs> oh no, you blanked. Totally.
1: Oh no, I was going to say actually, after we would have sex, one of the first things she would do is she'd grab her phone. Yeah. Like the the, the phone would be right behind her head or like under her pillow. And wow. It didn't uh, honestly. We didn't stay together very long because it it. I was actually a little surprised how offended I was, but.
0: Well, ten percent of people check their smartphones during sex and thirty-five percent immediately afterwards. So, uh, and I and that's old data. So I am certain that it's more common now as uh, people get more and more addicted to it. But many people cheat on Facebook and, you know, there are emotional affairs, high school flames return, college sweethearts, and there's sort of this hooking up behind closed doors. So since Facebook, basically, and and even LinkedIn as well, that uh, floodgate of social media affairs has taken the opportunity for infidelity to a whole new level and, uh, you know, no longer do we have those office affairs or we still have them, of course, but they're not as common as these Facebook affairs. Or how about having that crush on your neighbor? <laughs> um, that can go in a bad way. That can end poorly. Uh, but the Internet has opened up this infidelity door and it puts all of this opportunity, as Matt said, at our fingertips. It makes it so much easy, easier than that limited access that uh, we had in the past. So how could a Facebook affair possibly begin? Is it just the easy access, or is it that connection to old friends, people who knew you when, Uh, or is it that filling of a void that our spouse has not filled in 5, 10, 15 years? Have we become too comfortable with our spouses that we have this need for excitement and the seed for infidelity is planted on Facebook. So it begs the question, should should spouses have Facebook accounts? Uh, some therapists will say Facebook is a no-no. But I think if you take something away from somebody, it doesn't necessarily mean they're not going to find it elsewhere. Uh, so I, I think it's it's really about the person, themselves. It's, it's actually a choice. If you're going to have an extramarital affair with somebody, you have to be mindful and it's intentional and, and it's a choice. So why take Facebook away from people if they're never going to be the type or if they are able to set those limits on themselves? Um, some people are not going to be able to set those limits and they their connection to an, an opposite sex, somebody from the past, um, you know, they may want to exchange pictures, which I do not advise, chat. And it can open up this Pandora's box of excitement and temptation, and of course, opportunity. And you think, uh, you know, it, it starts out innocently enough, but then it can, it can be, uh, you know, very, very appealing, very attractive. Uh, you can go down memory lane, I suppose, if you're having difficulty in your relationship, if you have unresolved conflict, if you also, um, uh. You know, if you, um, you know, are, are perhaps caring for your spouse. Maybe you're caring for your ill spouse. Maybe your spouse is, ha- has been chronically ill for a long time. Perhaps you are your spouse is particularly needy, or perhaps your spouse is abusive. Um, there are a number of things that may set up, um, you know, this risk of uh, this harmful connection and you know are are all of the connections on facebook harmful do they have the potential to be harmful Um, You know, it can be kind of you can just catch up with somebody back and forth. But that's that intimacy. That's that intimacy that we seem to be losing in society today and and in our relationships. And if you can connect with somebody that, you know, knew you when and you weren't paying the mortgage with and you weren't having issues with. I heard somebody say in my clinical practice this week, they were talking about their ex uh, ex husband, and she said, "You know, we get along so much better now that we're not married to one another." Um, the <laughs> I was just thinking of the ex boyfriend, and he said <laughs> he wasn't really even an ex boyfriend. I don't think it counts for three and a half weeks when you're 13 years old. But anyway, <laughs> we were friends after that through high school. So, um, but he said, "I said, have you seen my uh, TED?" Because I said, "Just go to my website." And, uh, and he said, what's your website? And I told him, and then he said, uh, backtothebedroom.ca, in case any of you don't know. And then I said, have you seen my TED Talk? And he sort of was, he was like, um, well, I think I did. I'm not really sure. I'm like, you didn't. You're just being polite. You would, you would know if you've seen it. It's called the No Sex Marriage, Masturbation, Cheating, Loneliness, and Shame. And he said, I'd remember that title. And I said, <laughs> yeah. And, and he has, in fact, just recently split up with his wife. <laughs> and he said, "Yeah, I know about all that." I said, "If you've just gotten gone through a divorce, you know about the sexless marriage." And he said, oh, "I know all about <laughs> it." <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so um, yeah, we have a lot of fun with it. There's certainly this is certainly a great subject. Obviously, I love the work that I do, and there's just so much um, there's just so much material, and you're just gathering it all the time. And you never know; you might just call me on Facebook. I typically never answer those calls, but I did answer the call <laughs> when my ex-boyfriend called um, because we had chatted a little bit on on uh, Facebook about another friend anyway um, so I we we chatted and uh, and it was great to catch up with an old friend um, but you know is Facebook to blame for the rise in extramarital affairs it, and as I say it's not the internet it's not Facebook to blame the blame simply lies with the individual that chooses this uh, desire, this bad pathway this dark dark road um, but it's a newfound vehicle the social networking and there are so many roads to travel on the internet journey but you decide which path you will take. You may come to that fork in the road on Facebook and you may think I'm going to go left or am I going to go right? Um, but you have to understand that it's not Facebook that has caused you to do it. It is you that has caused you to do this. Facebook is amazing and the internet is fantastic It it's a provided uh, you know access to jobs and opportunities. It's i uh, created connections for people around the world. I do Skype consults for patients. Uh, so there's so many extraordinary advancements that have put the power into our hands to make decisions about what we're going to do in life. Are we going to do the so-called right thing? Um, you may feel that that extramarital affair is the right thing for you to do at the time. But the question is whether, whether or not Facebook is to blame. But what can we do to address already existing issues and conflict within the marriage? But there are several reasons why people commit Facebook affairs. I just want to review that quickly. Easy access, lack of boundaries, and refusal to take responsibility are some of them. Uh, So you might want to safeguard your marriage. And um, you can, you know, talk about, resolve your conflicts, create social networking boundaries. Uh, there's some people who feel this is controversial. Uh, spouses need to exchange usernames and passwords. May, maybe, maybe not. Um, communicate openly as your concerns in your relationship arise, and choose your friends wisely. I do have
2: Trish um, on the line. We'll we'll take your question. Hello, Trish. Hi. Um, I just I just want to check my thinking about something with you. Uh, you have great advice. So, okay. My my thoughts on on uh, monogamy and relationships is is that it's a choice to be monogamous, and a lot of people put out that flag, hey, I'm monogamous, but they don't live up to that, and it leads to a lot of disappointment, I find. So So if somebody said, hey, I have the propensity or the desire to find my one true person to spend time with and do stuff with, that doesn't necessarily mean you're you're not going to be attracted to other people or share personable exchanges. I think when sex comes into the equation, though, it takes it to the kind of level where people people want to put their trust in you, right? And if you're telling them, hey, I'm a monogamous person, but you're not, you know, I mean, I I don't think the thought police comes in order, but I really do think that, you know, people have to be able to freely exchange with each other the fact that they'd be attracted to other people and, and maybe know why they're attracted to other people. That's a, and, and when they're in that communication, then, you know, possibly they have a higher relationship. Absolutely. I, oh, go ahead. So I don't think it's going to lead to open marriage or anything like that, but... I just think people as couples need to sort of share in that attraction. It actually might bring something to the bedroom.
0: <laughs> it, it certainly <laughs> might. And when somebody, that's one thing that will increase sexual desire in a woman is when someone else wants her man. But I'm going to ask you to hang on. We're going to talk about this okay. after the break. We're going to go to the news. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to The Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to The Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. We are talking about the. Uh, did you go to the University of Monogamy, <laughs> falling in one, in love with one person for the rest of your life? Trish is on the line, and we're talking about that. So, Trish, you had a question about um, monogamy, basically, and is is it, if I understand it correctly? And thanks for hanging over from the um, other uh, uh, other before the news um, to ask about uh, is it. Is can you just be attracted to one person for the rest of your life? And if not, is that a conversation that you should have? Is that uh, have I pretty much summed it up?
2: Pretty much, like you know, you're you're going to be out there in the world experiencing people. You might have nice exchanges, you know, a little flirtatious, but it doesn't mean you're necessarily going to hop into bed or even design a plan to. And and you just find that um, in relationships in the past, you know, you attract attention from the opposite sex if you have somebody who's got jealous tendencies, demands monogamy, Mm. and and is overbearing about it. I mean, is it a realistic expectation to try to feed that desire in somebody if if you're not going to live up to it, for one thing? You can't wave that magic flag and say, yes, I'm a monogamous person and not live up to that
0: then, right? Right. You know, it, it, it sounds like you're just uh, dipping your toe into another area where perhaps if people are giving somebody, you know, jealousy is, and envy can be quite pathological, and, you know, uh, uh, you, nobody can be attracted to only one person for the rest of their life. That said, I do believe that people can be faithful to one person for their entire life. So, yeah, and
2: that, that would be like I like I tried to explain to, to my ex. It's like, okay, I can totally do that. But if you're going to be like not trusting me when I'm not doing anything...
0: That's your ex's issue. That's right.
2: Yeah, it's huge. And, and you and can't help it's if... It's like an ugly monster in the bedroom, right?
0: Right. And if somebody else is attracted to you and showing signs that, you know, it's flattering, it's lovely, uh, but you may not act on it. But And that's fine. But if your partner can't understand that then that's your ex and thank goodness he's your ex
2: (laughs) and the thing is is for now i've been i've been single for so long that i even i even go out and i i you know date somebody if they even start projecting that kind of behavior i just kind of i shut it down right and i don't know if that's an unhappy side effect for me not being as venturesome considering all the Crap! I took from someone else.
0: Well, it sounds like you were in a very unhealthy relationship, and so you you'll want to go into your next relationship. Uh, you know, make, make ensure that that's healthier, and perhaps you want to speak to a counselor or therapist yeah. about that, and, and I, maybe. And, yeah.
2: and I don't. I don't want to have somebody put reasonable expect or unreasonable expectations that that I know I could I can live up to. But I don't want to live my whole life proving it to somebody.
0: Absolutely. I
2: figure that's their trust issue then, right? Am I wrong about that?
0: No, I, I believe from what you've told me so far that you are correct in that. And it's very difficult to live with somebody who's jealous, um, who is jealous of somebody else giving you attention? It sounds like they have some deep-seated issues, and uh, yeah, there's nobody on this planet. I, well, maybe there's one person or something, but <laughs> that is just attracted to one person for the rest of their lives because sexual attraction is involuntary. It it is, you know. You see an attractive person, and you think, yeah, I could be attracted to them, or you know, I am attracted to them, and you know, but it's how it's what you do with that attraction, um, you know.
2: I really appreciate that because I I thought maybe I was alone in that uh, assertion. That no, but I'm thinking of me as a choice, and I want to make that choice. But I want to make it with somebody who actually believes I've made the
0: choice. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) If you say something to somebody and they're just you know shutting you down, you know it's very frustrating, and you can't you can't move forward in anything. Mm -hmm. I was going to suggest that I fix you up with the five foot six man who emailed in earlier. How tall are you?
2: I am, uh, I'm actually 5'7", but with deals, you know, I can push 5'8".
0: Well, he's only 5'6". Do you have a problem with that?
2: No, not at all.
0: Oh, see, there you go, my little friend who emailed earlier. See, this woman would take you on. <laughs> She'd go out on a date with you. He's an introvert, but he's paid off his condo. What do you think of that? <laughs>
2: Well, you know, that's what people, when they're working on themselves, do. They take care of things, right?
0: Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Trish, thanks so much for your call. I really Thank appreciate you. it. I appreciate it. Not thanks. at all. <laughs> uh, yeah, so if you have a question about your relationship or something that's been driving you crazy, I had a very interesting couple of uh, patients in my clinical practice this week. They were sisters-in-law married to brothers, abusive brothers. And they had gotten together and they started talking about some of the things that were going on in their relationship. Now, both of these brothers were raised in dysfunctional families, and one of the women was very battered. She was severely battered and had lost a lot of her soul. And the other one, who seemed to have a little bit more inner strength, was able to uh, see it for what it was what it was and to understand it a little bit better so it was an interesting situation but one of them couldn't be she kept apologizing to her abusive husband and i found that very interesting but i'm not judging in any way um but it, what it did it underscored the fact that she didn't understand or she couldn't conceptualize or she couldn't accept that she was not at fault for this when you are in an abusive relationship, it is never your fault. That is the message that I want to get out there. There are people in relationships. Women abuse men in relationships. Men abuse women in relationships. It's more common that men abuse women in relationships. There are many different forms of control. There's financial control. There is sexual control. There is unhealthy Balances of power in relationships. Sex has a lot to do with that. A lot of women control men around sex or with the sex. And so I just want to say out there for anybody who is being treated poorly, if you feel that you're being, poorly, being treated poorly, if you are forcibly confined, which is what was happening to one of the women of these two sisters-in-law. Um, If you are forcibly confined, if somebody lays a hand on you, forcible confinement is actually unlawful. Uh, If somebody lays a hand on you, even if it is your lover, your husband, your partner, whomever, you can actually call the police. A lot of women don't realize that. You cannot hit other people in this society. Now, I don't know how the police are going to deal with it. That's another whole story. But I can say this that it is never right, and you will not only be psychologically damaged but maybe potentially physically damaged and also there's a chance that you will lose your life but i understand that leaving an abusive marriage is the most dangerous time for women so you want to surround yourself with the most um positive um supportive understanding people possible and get the help you need there is lots of help out there there are shelters for women uh there's somebody that you trust in the world. You need to go and speak to them um, about it. But it is never your fault. And it is if they lift, if anyone lifts their hand to you, punches you, does anything like that, lays a hand on you. It's best to leave that situation or to plan on leaving that situation. But do that in the safest manner possible. I am Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. We've been talking about connectedness tonight in many different ways, and uh, we have so many ways to be connected, and it comes with a lot of benefits, but it also comes with it a lot of burdens. Texting is handy. Uh, You can also know that you can leave the office early and then send a few emails later on. Uh, But you know what? It's also it can interfere with your life, Nonstop notifications about Facebook when you're trying to do something else and interrupt In a conversation, Um, you know, a text from a child, maybe you're having a business conversation, and you might even excuse yourself and do the polite thing by excusing yourself and answering your child. But when you come back to that conversation, it's not going to be the same at all. There are so many hidden problems with processing all of these small interruptions and micro interactions, like checking social media, responding to to texts or sex and emails. Um, But because one of the reasons is our minds don't bounce that readily from idea to idea as we would like those to happen. And even if you are, um, this this whole texting and uh, driving thing is driving me crazy lately. Um, but also, I didn't realize this, in British Columbia, you know, you can't have your phone on your console. It needs to actually be hidden. I, I met somebody who had got a $450 ticket because she had her her phone, um, you know, on her console. So that's just a little reminder in case you didn't know that out there, you, your phone can't be exposed. Um, other things maybe, but not your phone. Uh, so those, but those are interruptions. And even after a person takes a call on hands-free voice-activated technology, after uh, once they take the call, the driver's mind is off the road for roughly fifteen to thirty seconds after using that system during which time the driver is finishing up thoughts of the conversation or the information. They're trying to process that, and they are reorienting themselves to the road. So this is dangerous. And so we have so many new forms of this connectedness, video chat, email, dating applications, social media, photo sharing, work-related networking tools, HubSpot, text messaging. The list goes on and on, and it will only continue to grow. Uh, So while some people prefer to compartmentalize their social context and separate their discussions about Family and politics and that kind of thing. It's very difficult with these social media tools uh, because this is it's it's invading our it's invading our world and there's an additional cognitive burden in managing all of these relationships when you of course when you're unsure of who's going to be viewing your um, your information. But it's difficult to shut down that steady stream of requests and information. One thing I say is, you know, a lot of people feel they have to respond to an email right away, especially if they get an unsavory email or or if somebody's upset with them. You know, it's always best to take your time and slow down um, and respond maybe in 15, 24 hours, whatever. Um, because we can get cognitive burnout from this so rapidly. We are hardwired to be social animals. We get energized from hearing gossip. We want to be noticed by other people. It helps us feel better about ourselves. We're comparing ourselves constantly, especially on Facebook and, and Twitter and all those places thinking, you know, what did you have for breakfast? What did you have for lunch? We're showing everything. I cannot believe how much personal information people share on these sites. And I just think, like sometimes I got to think, who cares? It doesn't matter. But you need to recognize the limitations to your cognitive and empathetic abilities and pace yourself every day and remember that existing in a state of overload makes you uh, not very good. It depletes you, and it won't make you very good to anyone. and you'll be less productive. Um, so just remember, Give your mind and your soul time to settle down, do nothing. You don't have to always be on that all day long. Um, There was also a new study out. Uh, I wanted to talk about this adult weight gain um, study that actually demonstrated, and and shortly I'll get to my 10 most common sex questions, so hang with me. We're going to talk about weight, of course. (laughs) Which I always talk about. Maybe I'm obsessed with it. Um, but adult weight gain is linked to chronic, major chronic diseases. And the, it's the weight that Americans typically gain, and, and Canadians, between the ages of 20 and 50, that, ra- that may raise their risk of developing cancer, heart disease, and other major illnesses, according to a new studies. Even those who only gained 10 pounds during this time faced a higher risk of major chronic diseases and aging poorly. The study was in JAMA the Journal of the American Medical Association, and um, in the past, people focused mainly on obese people and how they should lose weight. But we, as North Americans, we begin to Gain weight in early adult, and we put on a little bit each year, and and that adds up over the long term. So according to this particular study, the researchers analyzed data from two large studies that follow nearly 93,000 U.S. women and more than 25,000 U.S. men over decades. Participants reported what their weights had been in young adulthood at age 18 for women and age 21 for men, and then again at age 55. The study team then tracked health changes after 55, including the development of various diseases diseases, cognitive decline and physical limitations. Women gained an average of 28 pounds over 37 years and men put on an average of 21 pounds, of course, less over 34 years. And consistently across both genders, those who gained more weight were more likely to be physically inactive, non-smokers, have unhealthy diets, and have more chronic diseases by the time they were in their 50s. I get so tired of hearing people saying that their metabolism slows down when they hit the age of 40. You need to get up. You need to move. That is what will increase your metabolism. Uh, And if you don't do that... You double the risk of type 2 diabetes, as well as have a 38% higher risk of gallstones and 9 to 25% increased risk for hypertension, heart disease, and cancer. So people who gained 22 to 44 pounds had a quadruple. Risk of developing type two diabetes. This may impact your uh, uh, nerve sensations. Of course, it'll affect your sex life. It may affect affect your vision. Uh, there are many things that it can impact. And of course, hypertension and heart disease leads you to may lead, lead you to have a stroke, and that will be um, you know that would really have an impact on your life. So you really want to get up, get moving, eat a healthy diet. Uh, you know, we we um, I cannot say this enough. It'll actually help you have a better sex life if you're in better shape um, and you'll have a longer sex life uh, if you are in better shape. So get out there, play golf, do housework, that's cross-training. Um, apparently, even doing housework or doing some chores around the house, that will help as well. So get moving. It's important. Don't give us any excuses. If you're eating lots of carbs and sugar, you know, know that it could be an addiction. You might be emotionally eating. I emotionally eat. I just get derived so much pleasure from it. That's the emotion that I feel. Um, Anyway, especially if it's chocolate. But, you know, we all have our vices. Um, And some of the other vices are some of these questions about sex. So one of the most common questions that I get, speaking of vices, is how can I bring sex toys into the bedroom? Of course, I talk a lot about the Womanizer, which is a clitoral suckling device. It's a fantastic sex toy, and you don't need to have a partner with you, but it's also a great sex toy to have if you to bring into the bedroom with... Um, your partner. So sex toys are everywhere these days. So especially women ask me this question, how can I bring the sex toy in? But, you know, maybe you go shopping together for the sex toy, just bring it up. You know, just say, I'd like to, you know, maybe start um, using a sex toy in the in the bedroom. What do you think? What are your thoughts on it? A lot of men do feel that uh, they're going to be replaced by the sex toys but that's not going to happen it will it could enhance your relationship you might start with a v- Vi- we vibe which is a couple's vibrator or a vibrating penis ring this includes everybody in the conversation um, so those are a couple of ideas to use other people ask what sex toys are right for me of course there's they say there's no one-size-fits-all answer but I actually think there is and I think there's the womanizer and I'm not gonna say anything else about that because I've <laughs> spoken about that enough but you know what Worth every penny. Um, and another one. And I actually had an e. I had a message on the phone on my voicemail today from a company <laughs> um, that asked me about one of their clients. Of course, I can't even answer the question. Okay, so please don't do that. Uh, but I can answer it on the air. But I can't actually answer it to that person. But. Many women ask why they can't orgasm or experience orgasm during intercourse. Because you're like the majority of women on the planet who aren't able to achieve orgasm during in penetrative sex. There are a number of reasons. It can be a physical reason. You might be able to experience that with Johnny, but not with Billy. Um, and and so most women, 70%, require clitoral stimulation or clitoral stimulation and the penis in most positions. So sometimes uh, the penis is nowhere near your G spot or the spot that will help you to have an, uh, an orgasm. There are some sex toys available. They're mainly dildos might help help you to have uh, an internal orgasm. And as I say, you may have have had one with somebody else. I hope I may not get through all of my um, 10 top questions. We'll have to save that for upcoming shows. How can I fix my self-esteem issues? This is big. It's an inside job. That's all I can say. And we're not talking about your partner's penis. It's an inside job on how you feel about yourself. Confidence is sexy. Deal with your issues. Therapy is a gift that you give to yourself. A lot of people are ashamed about do- doing certain things in the bedroom. Is this normal? Shame is one of the most common emotions people have around sex. But with the right work, joy and pleasure always trumps shame. What else can I say? We are coming to the end of the program. That's what I can say, unfortunately. So I'm going to have to go through the other, um, uh, the other questions uh, in the upcoming shows. Um, thanks so much for being here with me this evening. Matt, thanks for helping me. Great show tonight. Thanks to you, as always. Remember, when you stumble on this gravel road of life, make it part of your dance. You can go to my website, backtothebedroom.ca. You can follow me on Twitter, at back, the number two, the bedroom. Of course, I'm on Instagram. I am Maureen McGrath, and you have been listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW.
1: Vancouver's
0: News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW.